Well, everybody will be angry at the end because half will be yeah, pissed off exactly. every time I say Renault. <laughs> and the other half will be pissed off every time you say Renault. Yeah, it'll be great. We might actually neither of us be right. That's <laughs> entirely possible. I know. Hello and welcome to Movie Struck, a podcast about movies and the people who watch them. I'm your host, Sophia Richardi, and I am joined today by my dad. Dad, say hi. Hello. <laughs> Savvy viewers will remember him from last year when we watched Speed Racer right around Father's Day. And awesome we're uh, movie. Yeah, awesome. we're making this an annual thing now. Sounds good. <laughs> I get to see my daughter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this year, though, we did not watch Speed Racer. We watched a different movie of my dad's choice, as every guest on this podcast is given the one question to answer. Uh, and that's why, Dad, I only have one question for you now at the top of the show. Uh, why did we watch Casablanca? It's a great movie. And I know that last year Speed Racer was a little bit of like a personal favorite of mine. <laughs> so I wanted to discuss something that was really popular and that most people think is a really great movie. And I've watched it so many times. Your mom <laughs> yeah, and I always you quoted it twice that movie. Today. <laughs> I watched it twice today because I wanted to remind myself of some of the quotes because it's one of the most quotable movies around. It really For sure. is. I think it's our first Best Picture winner that we're having on the podcast, so it's definitely a well-known one. Um, but it, it's it's a classic. I like this one a lot. I have a Casablanca poster in my apartment. I did not know that. Yeah. It's small, but it's there. And so nice. you picked it. I was like, oh, I can look over slightly to the left and see the theatrical release poster. Let me ask you a question. Do you have a picture of your dad in your apartment? I have a picture of Vince. but uh... that's, that's not your dad. <laughs> that's my son, Vincent, your brother. I do have a picture of you, but it's from when I was like two, unlike Arthur Street. That's all right. I'm, I look the same pretty much. <laughs> it's good. I got um, like the little kid overalls on. Okay, good. Yeah. So you got your poster, Casablanca, a picture uh-huh. of your little brother, and me. Yeah. To be fair, Vince did give me the picture of him and say, hang this up in your apartment. Okay. Well, so. I know what to get you for Christmas now. <laughs> Uh, but we, we open in Casablanca. Uh, we get front-end credits, because this is a movie from 1943. Um, big map of Africa. I didn't look too closely at it, but I assume that it is no longer accurate to what you would see on a map uh, today. Um, super fun, very classic, big musical swell. You get the list of credits. Um, yeah, the timing of the movie is pretty interesting, too. So mm-hmm. it's a movie set in the beginning of World War II, and it came out in World War II. But it's not like an, like a total propaganda movie. Because I think it was probably in production like right before the U.S. joined the war. Mm-hmm. When there's a lot of uh, back and forth over whether that's a good thing or not. But it came out, I think, after. I don't know. You said it came out in 43? 43, yeah. Well, then definitely after. Yeah. Uh, it's... Uh, we get some narration to set the scene. It's the eve of World War II. Uh, refugees are fleeing, passing through... Uh, you know, all through Europe, through Paris, and eventually on to Casablanca, where Which the... I actually I gotta <laughs> jump in again because one of my favorite things, not one of my, there's so many favorite things, but something that I like is like so old fashioned, and they do it in this show is where they want to set like the geographical location, so they, <laughs> they have, have either like a globe or a an old map, and, they... <laughs> and they just draw the lines like people like. Paris to Marseille, Marseille to I forget where in North yep. Africa, and then over to Morocco. It's very old-fashioned. <laughs> it's like watching one of those old... When you watch the old um, re- newsreels from World yeah. War II, right? It has that same kind of vibe, which I guess was the actual vibe at the time. But <laughs> Yeah, it, it's, a cool, it's a neat little 
it's a cool effect. It always like I, I like old movies a lot, but it, it, getting to see the um, map effect play out is always fun. It's like oh, I know exactly what time period this movie took place in. Um, but basically, what the narration is saying that everyone who's fleeing uh, is trying to get to to Lisbon um, and then on to America or somewhere else to safety, but they all kind of get stuck in Casablanca uh, before they can move on. A security officer gets a message. The German couriers were killed on a train to Casablanca uh, and important documents were stolen from them. So be on the lookout. So we've got our initial crime set up. There's a lot of setup in the first 40 minutes of the movie that then yeah, like, there speeds is a through lot the of, end. A lot of setup in the beginning. They do like a lot of like caricatures. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like there's the pickpocket guy. Oh, and that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Vultures everywhere. That's yeah. one of the quotes. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they do a lot of, it's like a lot of caricatures, like, oh, this mm-hmm. is a seedy place, you know, it's, it, it's, there's a black market of, of, uh, you know, goods and people trying to get out and there's, you know, immigrants and crowds and yeah, it's all like kind of heavy handed <laughs> and certainly by today's sta- standards, very heavy handed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we see it early on. Uh, we go to that uh, market where the security forces are intercepting and rounding up people up the street, uh, presumably the refugees. Who do they round place. up? Who do they round up? Well, there's... <laughs> no, I'm looking for another quote. Oh. The usual suspects. The usual suspects, yes. yes. <laughs> I'm feeling this is going to be a lot of summarizing and then the cutting is going to be quotes. <laughs> <laughs> um, one man refuses to show his papers and uh, at first, but they you know, prod him like, oh, then you have to come with us. So he does, and they're expired and flees. And as he flees, he's killed. And we sort of kind of get the idea of like, that's the environment that everything's happening in. Um, and when they open the papers he had on him, they say free France. So big conflict in this movie is going to be coming out of France uh, as a point of resistance. Yeah, it's hard to like grasp, for me anyway, the, the whole sort of political dynamic. So Germany had invaded France mm-hmm. and now took over the country. But the places, I guess, that France had invaded and taken over in the past, like French yeah. Morocco, were now like protectorates or something. So they're independently governed, but still... I don't know, like beholden to the Germans somehow. It's mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't understand the, the politics too much, and I didn't, you didn't need to. But <laughs> it's a complex political situation, yeah, <laughs> to say basically. the least. Uh, at the at French headquarters, uh, the refugees, liberals, and beautiful young girls, as are described by the pickpocket, uh, are sent to Renault, who's the uh, French like police captain. They had a word for it, but I, my French is... The prefect, prefect. of police, yes. Captain Renault. Renault. Who's Claude Rains, who's... Yes. Your grandparents would probably recognize as very famous. <laughs> um, and we get this information from a man in a nearby cafe filling in for a couple that's watching. Uh, and <laughs> he warns them, of course, to watch out for the vultures. Vultures. Vultures everywhere. <laughs> as he pickpockets them. Yes, he promptly steals the man's wallet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and as the couple realizes that they're walletless, the, uh, a plane flying overhead draws the attention of everyone out on the street. Uh, and it, as it passes over Rick's cafe, um, eventually landing and allowing the German major Strasser to disembark. Um, the plane is going to be, you know, big point of interest for everyone here because everyone's trying to get out of Casablanca and the plane is how you leave. You end it. So when it flies overhead, it just right. attracts a lot of attention regardless. Um, 
He's greeted by representatives of unoccupied France, uh, Renault and his aide, Lieutenant uh, Cassette, who I thought was going to be much more important than he was. And the Italian representative, uh, Captain Tonelli, who set, tries to say hi, but is quickly brushed aside. Also a character you think is going to be much more important than they are. <laughs> they kind of just disappear for occasionally for a joke. Strasser asks how the progress in the courier murder is going, and Renault assures him that they're rounding up the usual suspects. No? Yes, yes. absolutely. I, was... <laughs> I can tell if you were mouthing usual or not. I was mouthing Renault, Renault instead of I... Renault. Renault. My I know French is from, really we're bad. Both, <laughs> we're both from Philly, so that's how you would say it in our neighborhood. But, but I think Renault. that in the movie they say Renault. I'll try to correct right? it. I Am know. I wrong? I think so. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, one of the officers explains that they do actually already know who the culprit of this crime is. Uh, and Renault assures him that, you know, they'll be at Rick's after all, because everybody comes to Rick's. So they... Kind of already there's not so much a mystery being unraveled here more just a player that they're trying to find i feel like we should call somebody and find out how to pronounce captain renews <laughs> it'll be something for the audience to you know, right. tweet it's... at me about afterwards if i mispronounced it i don't think we have a huge french listenership <laughs> we'll figure it out <laughs> yeah yeah they're gonna make the arrest at rick's at cafe because everybody goes to rick's everybody goes to rick's the cafe and its owner are quite notorious uh we go then to rick's uh really quickly um, this movie is coming out kind of right on the heels of film noir, which was really big and just going from action to action. And you can kind of tell in the way that it's cut because you'll just go, someone will finish talking and then we just immediately move on to the next location. There's not a lot of like transitions. I mean, I think Humphrey Bogart was big film yeah. noir actor, right? Yeah, he was famous for it. Uh, Maltese Falcon. Exactly. And that jazz. At Rick's, crowds enter to the pleasant atmosphere, music, drinks, light conversation. Uh, and Sam is playing on the piano. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, you got like any movie from that time is going to be of its time as far as um, racial um, stereotypes and, and attitudes, you know, mm -hmm. men and women, uh, you know, gender stereotypes and attitudes. And there's going to be some people that will watch any old movie and just say, you know, I can't stand it because, you know, they're, they're stereotyping everybody in it. But it's still it's a good movie. And I don't know. You know, without getting too political, whether, you, you know, you should discredit all the old movies or not. But this one isn't, in, it, it, I don't think it's not as bad. Because I think the main pro, the main dynamic is, is the world war and the love interest. But, mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah. Sam's definitely played to, like, the stereotype. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I think he also gets some moments to be his own character, too, at times. But a lot of the points in the movie, he is... He's good. They do He's him good. wrong in the show. Yeah. Because well, can we can we spoil some stuff that's going to happen? I mean, it, sure. Yeah. So like at the end of the movie, you know, Rick like sets up what he sets up and and mm -hmm. that we'll talk about and stuff. But Sam's kind of like kind of takes care of Sam, but he also like this guy stood by him for this whole movie yeah. and all, and then he's like, yeah, take care of Sam and runs. Yeah, they don't pay as much attention to him as they could, even though he is very charismatic. Mm -hmm. uh, we see kind of cuts of different folks at tables discussing all of the different ways they're trying to get out of Casablanca. Any any amount of money, any method, mm -hmm. everyone's just trying to get out right. uh, and flee to Lisbon. Lisbon? Lisbon? I don't I'm like, I don't, that one I don't know. <laughs> Lisbon. Lisbon. Um, and in the back, there's a room where people are you know, playing cards, gambling, there's roulette. Uh, so there's the front of the bar. 
It's a bar <laughs> in the right. back. Yeah, that's what the gambling is. One woman asks if Rick, the owner, will come take a drink with them, but he is established to never drink with customers, uh, a rule that will quickly be broken and then proceed to be broken throughout most of the rest of the movie. Yes. <laughs> He's off playing chess against himself and running his business uh, while just sitting at the table. Um, <laughs> a man tries to enter into the gambling room, but is turned down by Rick. Uh, who tells him that he's lucky that he even opens up the bar to him. Right, so that's clearly, the guy from Deutsche Bank. Yeah. So he's, you know, they, they kind of throughout the movie sort of establish Rick as political, not political, kind of. He's mm-hmm. he always saying that he's not pol- political, not involved in politics, but he's always sort of taking the ally side and, and showing his distaste for the German side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's also got a lot of control over this bar. You know, his staff is very loyal to him. It is called Rick's. It is called Rick's. <laughs> um, he's chatting with a guy named uh, Ugart. Ugarte. Ugarte. Yes. Uh, about the Another latest. kind of like famous. <laughs> um, Do you ever watch, I think, um, what's it? All right, so the actor who played Ugarte, I'm trying Peter to. Peter Lorre. Peter Lorre, right? So. Mm-hmm. His voice, like that Ugarte voice, I think they use that in like the old Bugs Bunny cartoons and stuff like that. Anyway, um, it's neither here nor there, I guess. Yeah, That's this movie's aside. got a, a really iconic cast. It even, does, even in yeah. some of the roles that you kind of don't, because everyone remembers Humphrey Bogart and like in- Ingrid Bergman. It's like, okay, right. yeah, those are the two big names, but pretty much every other role is also played by a, a mm-hmm. fairly big name. But they're chatting about the the latest news, namely the two German couriers, and it sort of. Transitions into Rick listening as Zugarte justifies his high-priced business of selling papers to refugees. Um, but he reveals over the course of this that he's leaving Casablanca tonight and that before he goes, um, he actually shows Rick the rare and valuable papers that he's come across. The letters across, of transit. The letters of transit. Yes. Um, signed by the governor or something. If essentially, they can't be, they can't be uh, revoked or nullified or anything. They're yeah. a, a ticket out. Um He's gonna planning to sell them tonight and then using that money to, to leave immediately. And he asks Rick to hold on to the papers for a few hours as he trusts him since Rick despises him. Right. <laughs> um, and before Gache kind of like walks off, Rick is like, oh, you know, the rumor is the German couriers were carrying those letters of transit and that's what was stolen. So we sort of figure out, okay, here's who did the right. aforementioned crime and what was stolen and what was so important. Um, He's just a little bit more impressed with Ugarte. Yeah, that's a good line, too. <laughs> uh, Sam kind of picks up the music in the room again, and everything goes back to partying as Rick hides the papers. Uh, and in Sam's piano. In Sam's piano, yeah. yes. Uh, Ferrari from the Blue Parrot comes to Rick's, the Blue Parrot being another cafe or something. Um, we'll see it later, don't <laughs> You'll know it immediately because they put a parrot right outside of the yes. sign that says Blue Parrot in case you were unsure. Um He's like the head of the underworld. Yes, and... he runs the black market. Uh, he's also trying to buy Rick's. Uh, and first he tries to buy the cafe, and then he tries to uh, buy Sam, which Rick refuses both because he does not trade in people. Um, you've... <laughs> There's just like a series of vignettes of Rick's life and all the people who come into his cafe mm-hmm. trying to get something from him. So next up we go to y- Yvonne at the bar, uh, who's... Looking a little distracted as the bartender, Sacha, uh, flirts with her a little bit. But when Rick rolls up, she starts asking about when she'll see him again. And Rick's just like, you know, up it. Uh, and, and she just keeps drinking again instead. So, you know, some romantic entanglement that he was not particularly invested in. 
Um, he sends her home, you know, paying for a cab, uh, entailment over, um, now outside of his cafe where he runs into Renal. <laughs> Renault. it's Renault. gotta be, right? <laughs> Inspector Renault. A-U-L-T. Yeah, Renault. Like, although we, when they, the cars were <laughs> Renault, right? I thought it was Renault in the movie, but now I'm doubting myself because both of us are not sure. <laughs> Oh, I shouldn't have said anything. We'll just switch between the two yeah. every like time we say it, and then right. half of the podcast will be right, at least. Well, everybody will be angry at the end, because half will be yeah, pissed off exactly. every time I say Renault. <laughs> and the other half will be pissed off every time you say Renault. Yeah, it'll be great. We might actually neither of us be right. <laughs> it's entirely possible. I know. Okay. Um, but Rick and, Rick and Renault are sitting outside uh, chatting, friend, you know, very friendly. They clearly have... One of my favorite them. quotes is coming up in this chat. Uh, watching the plane to Lisbon, Renault ponders why Rick never gets on that right. plane out because he, you know, has the he has the funds and he is setting the up goodwill. some background for why Rick can't leave and go to America, mm-hmm. even though he's an American expatriate. Yeah, and he talks about having done some crime or something. And yeah, he throws out a bunch of wild theories like, yeah. "Oh, I wonder if you murdered somebody or you stole from the church." He's <laughs> like, "I like to think you killed a man. It's the romantic in me." <laughs> um, but the best line, one of the, one of the lines in that scene is he asks Rick why he came to Casablanca. Mm-hmm. And he says, I came for my health. I came for the waters. And <laughs> Renault says, what waters? We're in a desert. And Rick says, I was misinformed. <laughs> and that, <laughs> your mom and I always use that quote. Like, you know, it's like, hey, I thought you served something. You know, we go out to a restaurant mm-hmm. and they'll be like, I, I thought you had, they had pizza here. And I'm like, they don't have any pizza here and i would just say i was misinformed <laughs> it's a cool way of saying you're wrong yeah uh and they, they kind of banter back and forth like this until they're interrupted by one of the uh, workers from the casino i think it might be carl it, he gets named later on um the customers just weren't one big and they need to go get money out from the safe um, oh that's from the guy the roulette table um the guy who works the roulette table says he yeah. needs money he, he had i like that guy you, you, you see him later on too Oh yeah, there's a few like key employees at the cafe who mm-hmm. you see pop up now and again and get to be have their own. Well, he has that like plots. like well, he's got the he's speaking English with a very heavy French accent. It sounds very cool. <laughs> he would know how to he pronounce know the how captain's to pronounce name. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Uh, they walk through the cafe over to the casino, and Renault informs uh, Rick that there's going to be some excitement tonight. They're going to make an arrest in his cafe, and for murder, no less, and warns Rick not to warn the man, presumably uh, Ugarte. Ugarte. Yes. <laughs> yes, and Rick doesn't warn him. Mm-hmm. Right. He does not. Uh, Renault also tells him that Strasser, the German general or whatever, is going to be here tonight as well, which is notable as he's a rather important figure to be around for just one little arrest. Yes, um, it's Major Strasser. Major Strasser. <laughs> I think we're saying his rank correctly. We might not get any of the facts <laughs> of this right. But we'll probably get some right. of the quotes correct, and that's Yeah, what's that's important. what's really memorable about yes. this movie. Um, Renault reminds Rick that they allow him to reign open because while many visas are sold here, Rick himself has never sold one, so he's... Um, you know, he seems to be sympathetic to the Allies side, but Rick is a fairly neutral figure right now at the start of the movie. And he lets Major, or he lets uh, Captain Renault win it. Yes. In gambling. <laughs> Renault also brings him up to speed. There's a man who has recently arrived in Casablanca who will provide a fortune to anyone who will furnish him with an ex- ex- exist exiting visa, uh, Victor Laszlo. Um, that name catches Rick's attention. Uh, because he's a man who's impressed half the world. He's a um, 
we'll find out later he's like a journalist uh, um right he's he's know. an anti-nazi organizer yeah uh, czechoslovakian i believe mm-hmm. and you know organizes the the protests in the underground around the world against the nazis and so he's like public enemy number one for the nazis right and revered by all the the allies and their and their population mm-hmm and Renault's job is to see that he stays in Casablanca and never reaches America by, of course, getting on the plane to Lisbon and then going mm-hmm. off the one way out of Casablanca, as we all uh, know at this point. Um, <laughs> Rick is like, you know, I think if he escaped from a concentration camp, he might be able to escape from Casablanca. And they make a bet, uh, 10,000 francs against each other, that um, Rick bets that he'll escape Casablanca and Renault's like, <laughs> <laughs> I have 10,000 that he won't. This is the end of the chase. He also needs two visas because he's traveling with a lady, but more on that later. And and Rick says now he'll just need one, meaning he's going to leave the girl in Casablanca. Mm-hmm. And uh, the captain says, uh, um, I've seen the girl, and if he did not leave her like in, <laughs> in Marseille, he's not going to leave her in Casablanca. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick also asks why Renault thinks that he would help Laszlo escape, and uh, Renault lists some of Rick's previous sentimental fights. He always seems to side with... Uh, the underdogs, I think it was like running weapons. Um, yeah, guns in Ethiopia. I don't, my history is not great. <laughs> and uh, against the fascists in mm-hmm. Spain. So So he's got a, it's been a while since he's been an active participant, but he had a, a streak of rooting for the underdogs back in the day. It's um, tough to like put everything in historical context because um, every history class I ever had in school pretty much ended like right before world war ii we never really got to that because that was like by that time it's may and teachers checked out (laughs) students checked out if this had taken place during the revolutionary war or the civil war we would we'd have all those facts we did the national treasure episode of this podcast it was great i was like i know all of this (laughs) yeah this all down (laughs) um but as their conversation kind of comes to an end strasser uh, arrives at rick's uh renault renault prepares for the arrest placing guards at every door uh, an event, and a pair of them approaches uh, Ugarts, who asks to cash in his chips before heading off with them, which they mm. let him do. He walks over to the counter and right. cashes in. Um, There's a lot of suspect police work in this in this show. <laughs> uh, he tries to make a run for it, making it through some double doors and grabbing Rick and begging him to help him, but Rick does nothing as he He's sticks like, his neck out for nobody. Me, Rick, help me, <laughs> But Rick, right, sticks out his neck for no man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ugarts is arrested. Uh, he gets Sam to start playing again and bring the mood back up in the club, and everyone kind of just goes back business as usual. It's not because it's not reminiscent of because it happened way before. But if you think like the Star Wars cantina scene, <laughs> like after <laughs> after Obi Wan cuts off the guy's the arm and then they start scene, playing the music again, based off of yeah, this no, that's that's exactly what I'm saying. I didn't say it was. You know, I, I noted the time mm-hmm, issue, mm-hmm. but yes, that's kind of, you know, or any other like Wild West movie where the guy gets gunned down yeah. and then they start playing the piano so, okay. in the bar, in the bar area. <laughs> the saloon. It's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is just business as usual in Casablanca. Um, the Germans meet Rick. Uh, they ask him a lot of questions trying to establish, you know, whose side he's on. Uh, one of them I really liked his response to. They asked, what's your nationality? And he replied that he's a drunkard. Uh, which is very funny. Um, but he continues to give very neutral answers when asked about his thoughts uh, on the German occupation in Paris, their potential spread into other cities, and just kind of the war in general. 
Um, and Renault even brags about Rick's neutrality. Uh, but the Germans already have a dossier on Rick, and they, you know, inform mm-hmm. us that he was not always so neutral. Um, he can't return to the United States for reasons unspecified, uh, but he also can't return to Paris, so he's kind of stuck where he is. And they've been checking up on him in case he could help them catch Laszlo. Uh, but he says his interest is purely sporting, referring to the bet between him and Renault. So he's trying to stay out of this right. entirely. We. <laughs> This is where we learn more about Laszlo and that he was, you know, printing papers and uh, the leader of this sort of uh, underground resistance and all that. Um, and that's, you know, kind of coming from the Germans is directly saying why they want him caught so bad. Um, this is where Rick excuses himself and we get uh, Laszlo and a woman entering Rick's. Uh, he reserved a table under his real name, which I thought was funny because it's like you're risk. You're trying to secretly well, that, make your escape, and I know this area isn't no, technically the, under German right, occupation. That's the whole thing. But... Like they all, like the Germans want him arrested, and they control the area, but they can't just go and arrest him. Mm-hmm. Even so, it's kind of a weird setup. I don't, like I don't know why they couldn't have just arrested him. It seems like they arrest anybody they want, but they don't. And and he and mm-hmm. Ilse Lund yes. come into the bar and that everything that you've mentioned up till now is really all just background yeah it's all just set it's dressing. all like right, exactly <laughs> like you know they, they feed into certain caricatures like this is you know the the cynical bar owner and mm-hmm. the you know petty corrupt uh, official and the evil nazi you know officer and they're all you know all the bar staff and stuff so yeah now basically the movie start it's true <laughs> yeah uh as they're walking in sam uh notices ilsa and gets like a mm-hmm. very concerned look on his face uh and everyone sort of take notes as the duo enters um while uh victor laszlo sits down and starts looking for ugarte uh ilsa's clearly very nervous she has a bad feeling about this so to speak but victor's like no 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 we'll stay um and as they sit down and start getting comfortable, a man walks up to them and uh, tries to pretend to sell them a, a ring, but as he opens it, it reveals a symbol that I do not would, immediately recognize, but... Would be the French resistance. French resistance. Um, and that gets Victor's attention, so they feign interest in the ring to really set up a meeting at the bar in a few minutes. Um, he's a Norwegian guy who's at Laszlo's service. He's a mm-hmm. resistance member of some kind. As Renel approaches uh, and makes his introductions to Laszlo and Ilsa, uh, <laughs> they have a very like cordial like oh nice to meet you um, and Ilsa asks about uh, Sam the piano player who came from Paris with Rick uh, and then asks who Rick is but before uh, Renal can give too many details other than explaining that he's the owner of Rick's and is very charming uh, Strasser makes his own introductions right. to the duo but you gotta, you gotta <laughs> point out that like Captain Renault's <laughs> description of Rick where he says <laughs> Well, if I were a woman, Rick would be the kind of guy I would go after, or something like that. Like, <laughs> I don't know why this whole little interaction is in the show because it's the corniest part of kind of a corny show that you'll you ever come across. Yeah. And Captain Renault is like just like he's like creepy but funny. It it takes the whole show for him to redeem himself. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, yeah, but Strasser, uh, who has a much less friendly immediate reception yes. from Laszlo and Ilsa, makes his introductions. 
uh, and asks that they come talk with him at 10 in the uh, prefect office after Renal also requests that they comply uh, instead of just directly ordering them. He's like, well, it's a request. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, it's not a request. Um, Laszlo, with a renewed sense of how much they all intend to stop him from escaping, reassures Ilsa as the music kicks back up and he makes over to the bar to meet with uh, his new accomplice, um, despite the fact the Germans are also in the saloon. Uh, Laszlo asks after Ugarte, who he's informed was arrested here, here this very night, um, and they also pass along the info that there's a meeting tomorrow night of other organizers that they would like his presence at. Um, so there's some uh, resistance activity going on even in, in Casablanca's very neutral space <laughs> otherwise. Um, as the song comes to an end, Ilsa asks Sam to come over to her. Uh, <laughs> um, and he's like, oh, it's been a long time. And she's like, hey, play some of the old songs for me. So they clearly have some kind of history. Right. Yeah. Uh, we, don't, she, we don't know yet exactly what the connection is, but they know each other. Yeah. And uh, she asks about Rick. She asks or, about Rick. Right. Uh, Richard. Richard. And Sam tries to lie for him, like, oh, yeah. he went home. But Ilsa's like, you're not a great liar. Right. Um, and she asks him to play it once for old time's sake. Uh, he feigns not knowing what song she's talking about, but she insists on him playing as time goes by, yes. which is sort of the theme song of this whole movie. Uh, and he, he eventually complies, and she looks very sad and thoughtful as he plays it, and Rick enters from the casino, uh, rushing over to Sam to tell him to stop playing that song, which is when he notices that Ilsa right. is sitting across says, from him. Sam, I thought I told you never to play that in here. <laughs> And then he sees Ilza. Ilza. Uh, Sam, as soon as he notices her, oh, this puts is the, his chair on top yeah. of the piano and he's, scoots out of the shot out. so I'm quickly. Like, well, I was I'm, like, that's I'm very done. funny. <laughs> he's like, this is awkward beyond belief. <laughs> uh, but as they're having a very intense eye contact, Renault and Laszlo rejoin their table. Uh, Rick sitting with them for a drink, breaking his no drinking with the customer's rule. Mm-hmm. Um, Ilsa and Rick reminisce a little bit about the last time that they met. Uh, it was on the day the Germans marched into Paris. And after this brief glimpse into their past, uh, Laszlo, who has sat down moments ago, points out how late it is and they all stand up to head out. Uh, they close down for the evening, Rick sitting alone in his bar, pouring himself a drink. Uh, Sam, hanging around with him, asks, you know, tries to get him to go home right. instead of waiting around for Ilsa to maybe show He's up. He's getting just obliterated yeah he's getting wasted right he's bemoaning ilsa having walked into his saloon at all and demands that sam play as he, time go by he doesn't just bemoan it he's just one of the most famous lines well, of the movie right <laughs> i don't remember the exact exact wording <laughs> but it goes something to the effect of like of all the gin joints in all yeah. the world she had a walk into mine mm-hmm. i don't think i would say that that's the most famous line of the movie no like i said it's very cool <laughs> Or we're almost at what I, th- I would I would say is likely the, the most famous line. Oh, when they do the Paris flashback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because as he as Sam starts playing, as time goes by, Rick flashes back to Paris. Uh, lots right. of we get the backstory of how they know each other and why it was so awkward to see each other. Yeah, lots of shots of them enjoying themselves, like around the city, driving, going on dates, and things like that. They're decorating an apartment together. They seem very happy. Classic, like oh, better days flashback. Um, they have a rule about not talking about their past and somehow in this conversation Rick gets to the line here's looking at you kid Mm -hmm. (laughs) which I've never fully understood what that means (laughs) 
Like, I don't totally understand. Like, I get the sentiment behind it, but I don't... It's just like a little saying. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) It's like an old-fashioned little saying from the movie. I don't know. (laughs) But that's that's what I would say is probably the most famous line in the movie. (laughs) I think here's looking at you is was a saying before the movie like i think it was like that makes sense like here's looking at you not kid (laughs) other person that i'm using this quote before this movie ever came out i don't know if that's actually true or not yeah oh we have so much fact checking to do after (laughs) after this little i don't know after this is just gonna be a big google search adventure and all the different uh accuracies um, but they, you know, the flashback continues. They dance. They chat about how lucky they are to find each other. Uh, Ilsa drops a little uh, teaser that she has a previously dead uh, lover of some kind. Uh, then war! It's happening. Paris is about to be occupied. They're getting updates I just periodically. You were breaking into song. Like, <laughs> war! <laughs> Good God, y'all! Nope. Okay. Uh, Do you sing during your podcast ever? No, not really. I did la- uh, last episode when I had a guest on who sang almost, but we did an opera, so they, they oh, were singing well. all the time. I was not. I didn't remember the words so much, but um, if you want to fill in any of the music, please feel free. <laughs> no. I can sing as time goes by. Not really. Go ahead. Uh, Paris is about to be occupied. Rick is on uh, the Germans' blacklist for his previous activities. Uh, and Sam, who was also here, uh, is playing as time goes by, as Rick and Ilsa have uh, one last drink, kind of drop one more. Here's looking at you, kid, mm-hmm. as the Germans are preparing. Right, to they're approach. trying. They have to escape because Rick is wanted mm-hmm. for some reason in Paris. And... Yes, uh, Sam reminds Rick that the Germans are going to come looking for him, but that's not really a primary concern for him at this moment, as Sam and Ilsa know very little about each other, uh, and he seems more interested in getting to know her better than escaping Paris. Uh, but she insists, like, he needs to leave, and Rick corrects her to say that they need to leave. We need to leave. Um, but she kind of gets evasive, saying that instead of him picking her up, she'll meet him at the station. Yeah. <laughs> the signs um, were all there. Yeah. He's talking about how they could even get married on the train, because if a ship captain can conduct marriages, surely a train conductor can as well, which I, <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but I hope so. <laughs> I like that idea. In hindsight, it's all very sad. Yes. I mean, for both of them. Mm-hmm. When you find out like when why she couldn't leave with him and mm-hmm. yeah yeah and spoiler alert he'll wait for her at the station until the very last second the very last train but she doesn't show uh, Sam delivering a note that she had left saying that she can't go with him and he and Sam get on the train and make their escape without her and that was the last time that they saw each other uh, so we return to Rick's present day in the movie mm-hmm. uh, Casablanca we're back Ilsa's here she's arrived. Um, she says she wouldn't have come to Casablanca if she knew that he was here, and they reminisce on the good times they had, and uh, mostly on that last day together. Uh, and she tries to tell him a story about a girl who had just come to Paris, where she met a man she'd heard about her whole life, who she looked up to and worship, and assumed she was in love. Uh, and when he kind of takes this story and instead decides to ask who she left him for, uh, she just cries and leaves, because he's being a real jerk about it. Um, yeah well and he's drunk i mean he's yeah and he and he doesn't know why yeah and he doesn't know if she's just giving him a line or telling him but mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting so she she tells you there why she's with victor laszlo mm-hmm. and then she tells you later on why she was with rick and like so she she's telling you you know i was young and impressionable and victor laszlo like opened up the world for me and i 
you know, worshipped him and with what I thought was love. So she's telling, she's trying to tell Rick, but he cuts her off. And it's, like you said, it's kind of an ass. Yeah. Um, she's trying to tell Rick, like, that she, can we, we're spoiling. Yeah, right? we're going to say that, the whole she, plot of the that movie. She married, that she was married to Victor. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, but then she fell in love with Rick. But she kind of, like, worshipped Victor, you know, mm-hmm. not in the same way that she loved Rick. That's what she was, where she was going with that. She got cut off. We find that out later. Yes. There will be an appropriately dramatic reveal later on. Yes. Um, at the precinct, Renault and Strasser are talking about the papers likely being in Rick's cafe and how they should search it. As seems everyone is perfectly aware of where the papers are throughout this movie. That's not really going to be a big mystery. Yeah, right. uh, as Laszlo and Ilsa arrive uh, for their appointed meeting. Strasser says that it's his duty to see that Laszlo remains in Casablanca, and as every visa needs the signature of Renault, there he sees that there's no way for Laszlo to get around and get out of Casablanca through legal means. Mm-hmm. Um, Strasser offers him a deal if he gives the names and whereabouts of the underground leaders in all the major cities across the globe, uh, and anyone he's worked with, uh, he can leave tomorrow for Lisbon. And Laszlo, of, cor- of course, refuses this deal. He's not going to give up his uh, associates and... Strasser tries to be intimidating, but Laszlo is like, you won't try anything here, we're in unoccupied France. A statement that I assume carried more weight if you knew what unoccupied France meant. Renault also informs them that Ugarte is dead, uh, and they're trying to decide if they should mark uh, suicide or, um, was it, is it killed, while, killed while fleeing, fleeing yeah. on his Trying to escape. They're just trying to show them that, you know, we can make shit up and there's no rules here mm-hmm. other than I can't just arrest you right now, yes. which is evidently <laughs> still a rule somehow. Um, but yeah. So. Yes. And uh, Ilsa and Laszlo take their leave heading for the black market to get a visa if they can. Uh, and they're directed to Ferrari. Right. <laughs> As- Did you, before they leave, like the last scene though is the uh, uh, Captain Renault's like uh, intern or whatever. Not an intern, obviously. <laughs> like an officer comes in and says to him, and says, um, Classic there's internship a, a, opportunity. Do you yeah. think that was unpaid or do you make minimum wage? I think, I mean, being in the Army can kind of be like an internship, <laughs> a paid internship that you can never leave once you join. Um, oh but anyway, the the secretary, let's say, this Captain Renault's <laughs> secretary comes in and says there's a uh, a visa issue or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, show her in. Because yeah. there's like a subtext to this where he's um, trading sexual, asking women to trade sexual favors for him yeah, signing their because he has visit. the final right. sign on this visa. So, so he's used, so it's kind of establishing that he's like, you know, a little yeah, creepy, I guess is the word. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's sort of like a running throughout the background of the movie. There's one incident later on where it like really comes to the forefront. Um, but Lisa, Laz- and there's Laz- a parallel later on too. You gotta ask me about the parallel. I, ask you about the parallel. I just noticed it like the twelfth <laughs> time I watched the movie or something. Uh, Laszlo and Ilsa take to the black market, directed to Ferrari, uh, who is the uh, aforementioned owner of the black, the blue parrot, um, which is a business that you know it exists because sitting, you see the sign that says blue parrot, and directly in front of the sign is a parrot. <laughs> which I assume if this was not a black and white movie would be blue. Um, 
<laughs> right, I hadn't thought about that when you were saying it. That we don't know what color anything is in this movie. Mm-hmm. There's a joke that Rick has when he's looking at the dossier the Germans have on him. He's like, well, I didn't know my eyes were brown, which yeah. I think is very funny because it's a black and white movie. So like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I have no idea if that's true or not. Right. Um, but in the Blue Parrot, uh, Rick is talking business with Ferrari. Uh, Ferrari's got this idea. He's like, oh, well, no one definitely knows where the letters of transport are. And I have a proposition for whoever has the letters, you know, I'll take all the risk and all the carrying charges and organize the sale and everything uh, for a fee. Um, and then he kind of drops the whole act. He's like, look, Rick, I think you, I'm pretty sure you have the letters. <laughs> Do we have a deal or not? Um, but as they're sort of talking this out and Rick's like, nah, 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 I don't have the letters. I don't know what you're talking about. I'll pass this along to whoever has it. He uh, spots Ilsa and Laszlo outside, and as Laszlo heads into the parrot to seek out Ferrari, he goes out to talk to Ilsa. There's also a line in here where Rick says that he's at the parrot because he's giving uh, Strasser and Renault an opportunity to ransack right. his place because they also think he has the papers. Um, so clearly he's not that worried about them finding him. Uh, Rick uh, outside ch- chats with Ilsa. She's examining some lace. And as they have this conversation, the sales guy keeps lowering the price based right. on what kind of relationship they seem to have yeah. to Rick. A friend of Rick's. Yeah. A good friend of Rick's. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and she, she kind of just continues to refuse to explain too much about her past. Uh, and he, Now she's kind of a jerk. Yeah. Now On, she- in this particular meeting, <laughs> I mean, she's pissed off at him from the night before because he was drunk and like, insulted her mm-hmm. and and then, and then he's like all right well i'm not drunk now can you tell me what's going on and she's like no i'm not going to tell you what's <laughs> going on i didn't i don't like the rick from yesterday i'll you know but i'll always have the rick in, from paris and yeah. and we'll just remember that and he's yeah. like, it's like god damn it <laughs> yeah a lot of miscommunication opportunities yeah. early on uh, they're always remember paris and not casablanca she also tells him the truth here that laszlo is her husband mm-hmm. even back in paris uh, although they don't dive into it too deeply. Um, and with that kind of revelation, we then cut to Ferrari and the, the duo chatting in the Blue Parrot. Uh, Laszlo now back with Ilsa. Uh, and he says that he can probably get Ilsa a visa to go on, but not Laszlo. Um, she refuses to leave him behind. Uh, and she's like, well, if the roles were switched, would you stay? And he sort of tries to pretend like he right. would, but <laughs> like he would go. Um but she sees right through it immediately. She's like, oh, all those times where <laughs> you could have left right. me behind when I was like sick in Marseille, you didn't. Um, so she's not going to leave without him and vice versa. Um, they decide to stick with looking for two exit visas. Informing Ferrari of their decision, uh, he tells them that his guess is that Rick has the papers. Uh, and so <laughs> uh, we have to go back to Rick's once more in yes. the scene of every crime in the city because... Uh, the city full of ultra scan pickpocket is back when we go back to rick's he's running the end of his scheme is happening i like the part where the so the uh the waiter bumps into the pickpocket <laughs> just by accident and the mm-hmm. pickpocket walks away and then the waiter like frantically checks all his pockets to make sure <laughs> yeah he's something of a known figure in the uh in casablanca yeah. uh Rick and Renault are chatting about the papers uh, when Yvonne and a bunch of Germans walk in. So the woman that uh, Rick had previously mm-hmm. thrown out is now hanging out with the enemy, so to speak. Yeah, and they get in a, the the one German and the French soldier both mm-hmm. get in a fight. Yep, they get into a quick fight at the bar, but Rick uh, breaks the scrap up, trying to maintain some semblance of yeah. neutrality at his establishment. Um, 
Renault and Strasser then discuss how letting Laszlo stay might be just as dangerous as letting him uh, go. Uh, it doesn't seem like this city is going to be safe for him too much longer. Um, and this is where we're going to get a bit more of Renault's scheme in the background, because Rick is approached by a woman who was directed to him by Renault, asking if he's an honorable man. Oh, yeah. Um, this is why Renault is kind of creepy, because yeah. the woman is... A, un, the, Rick says, what are you doing in the bar? You're underage. Yeah. But she comes to the bar... Because Renault said, evidently said, like, if you sleep with me, I'll give you the you and your husband the pass to get right. out of Casablanca. And she doesn't know if she trusts him. She doesn't want to sleep with him. And then him say, ha, you can't have the pass anyway. Right. So he says, well, ask Rick if I always, you know, if I'm trustworthy mm-hmm. that way. And so this girl goes yeah. to Rick and says, She you gives know, him her whole story. Yeah. They're from they're Bulgarian refugees. And her husband is trying currently to, like, gamble the money mm-hmm. that they need for the tickets. Um, and it's a, a big plea. And it, it does also make Rick think of Ilsa a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's absolutely supposed to make there. him think of her. Um, he says, nobody ever loved me that much. Yep. And so Rick goes into the casino and finds the woman's husband. and yeah, uh, who's down to his last few chips at the roulette table. Mm-hmm. He's like, have you tried 22? And he right. kind of gives a glance over to his employee uh, and helps him right. cheat so his way tw- to victory right. tw- and the money. 22 <laughs> comes up and he's like, let it ride. Mm-hmm. And then it comes up again and the guy wins enough money to get the exit visa without, having, without yep. his wife sleeping with Renault. And Rick's like, cash it in and get out of here. Yeah, he's like, see, Rick is a good guy after all. Right. And, and the, Carl is one employee is watching very excited, very happy the whole time. That whole scene is pretty good. Because I like, yeah. like Rick asked the, the roulette, uh, the guy on the roulette table, he's like, how are we doing tonight? And the guy's like, eh, a couple thousand less than I thought we would do <laughs> after they just made the, you know, just let the guy win. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so the other another patron asked the waiter like is this place you know honest and he's like as honest as the day is long after they just like cheated him mm-hmm. and then uh, the the girl tries to throw her arms around rick and thank him because she knows what he did and he's like you're you know just lucky i guess or whatever yeah and then renault comes Renaud's over like... to rick why do you interfere in my romances and he's like ah chalk it up to love yeah yeah and then the waiter and then the russian bartender yeah so word gets elated. around the staff yeah. really quickly they're like ah. so elated it gives them the kiss on both cheeks and says what a great guy he is it was it was a good scene yeah it's a fun little scene it's good because so far rick has pretty much just been like drunk and angry the whole movie yeah so it's nice to have a moment of like oh he is actually a good guy yeah, the trying to build it, him know? up a little bit yeah um and also maybe you know maybe he's a little less neutral than he lets on exactly Laszlo then approaches him and asks if he can chat with Rick and they head into his office and he makes an appeal to Rick to help him escape, offering to pay for the uh, papers, but Rick refuses no matter what the amount and just tells Laszlo to ask his wife. Um, so despite the fact that he was so generous a moment ago, he's not ready to make right. that Laszlo switch for Laszlo. wants to make whatever offer and says mm-hmm. his work is so important. And he's like, why won't you sell me the letters of transit? And Rick just says, I suggest that you ask your wife. Yeah. And he goes my wife <laughs> and then my, yes. one of my favorite scenes happens yeah before they can unpack all of that uh a german song da- oh, i can't speak german either <laughs> yeah it's not the german national anthem it's like no. a german military song german military song. and the, the, the german major strasser and the german soldiers mm-hmm. are have commandeered the piano and they're like playing this this yeah very know. patriotic right like, yeah as the whole rest of the bar gives them the stink eye oh yeah that's uh, every, every <laughs> they look at like 
Captain Renault and the girl who plays the guitar. Mm-hmm. And then Rick come, like storms out at the stop and he's looking from the top of the stairs. And then Laszlo's look over his shoulder and he's like all steely eyed. And, mm-hmm. and he, uh, Laszlo walks over to the band and tells them to play uh, La Marseille. Yes. <laughs> and that's one of my favorite parts because play La Marseille. And, and the band leader, and this is where you're, me, me and Ronald used to always, we watch this part. And uh, we changed it from that line to play La Marseille. And, and then we both would say, Uncle Pete, play La Marseille. Because the <laughs> trumpet player, who's the band leader, yeah. looks just like my Uncle Pete. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah you know, if you think about him, right? Think about it. And so we would just be like, Uncle Pete, play La Marseille. Uncle Pete nods to Victor Laszlo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they, they start playing it, the they French do. national anthem. And it kind of it becomes Rick gives them a little nod of like yeah. go ahead yeah and right it becomes a, a duel of the anthems uh, the rest of the bar joins in on the French side and, and they're they drown soon them drowning out. them out they show everybody Yvonne in tears mm-hmm. you know knowing that she's betrayed her country by being with the German guy and all the other people um, yeah the French national anthem is probably slaps more than any other national anthem <laughs> that's my opinion i like our national anthem a lot but the french national it's, anthem it's is pretty good it's really good it's really good the words are like weird when you look at the english translation they're a little barbaric um not like you know our national anthem words are like just hey our flag's still there it's cool you know you didn't <laughs> defeat us but they're like you know we're gonna like the blood of our enemies will be in our hands kind of thing it's a little more old school yeah but it's great it's That's really good cool. it makes me wish i knew how to speak french and pronounce captain renault's name <laughs> yes renault renault or maybe neither who knows oh, we could be insulting so many people i'm so oh, sorry yeah i feel okay. like the, the i'm talking about caricatures we're like the ugly americans here we speak yeah. english and nothing else yep. and you know butcher every other language Mm-hmm. anyway it's a great scene it's a great it is it's it's, it's you know like, and the, the crowd erupts into cheers of like viva la france afterwards oh yeah yeah um you know really patriotic moment uh, and you gotta think like at when this came out right during world war ii mm-hmm. um that the u.s audiences must have loved it yeah it's like if rocky came out and you were actually <laughs> like in philly like during the fight or something you know uh-huh. what i mean it would it'd be corn it would seem like corny like jingoistic stuff but like in the middle of a world war it'd be pretty moving i would think mm. yeah yeah i agree um strasser not as uh fond yeah. of it though no just... right the germans didn't like being shut down <laughs> no and he storms over to renault and asks uh that the place be shut down at once laszlo's too inspiring they were right he's too dangerous to stay here uh, and Renault's like, I have to make up an excuse to kick everyone out. Right. So he storms over to Rick and he says, I'm shocked, shocked to find out that there's gambling going on here. Uh, only to be interrupted by the staff showing up with his winnings. That's a, that's a great line. <laughs> shocked, shocked to find there's gambling here. You're, You're winning, winning, sir. sir. <laughs> oh, yes, thank you. Uh, so everyone's clearing out a Rick's. Uh, and Strasser warns uh, Ilsa and Laszlo. Ilsa that Laszlo is no longer safe in Casablanca. And his only option is to return to occupied France under... Strasser's supervision, which of course is just code for getting arrested and taken in by the Germans again. Um, Laszlo and Ilsa regroup, and she begs him not to go to the underground meeting that night, uh, but he insists, and he also tells her about what happened with Rick, asking if she was lonely in Paris without him, 
and if there's anything that she wishes to tell him, but she doesn't fill him in with any details just yet. And this is where the parallel and the callback to the <laughs> young girl with Captain Renault comes in. Because, like, the young girl, when she had the conversation with Rick, like, mm-hmm. can I trust Captain Renault? Then she says, Rick, you're a guy. Let me ask you this. If someone did something, like, if I, basically, the thing was, if I slept with Captain Renault mm-hmm. in order to get my and my husband out of here, um, and he found out, could he ever forgive me? Would, you know, if she did this, if I did this terrible thing, but it was for the benefit of both of us, mm-hmm. um, would he understand? And Rick was like, I don't, I don't know, nobody's ever loved me that way, right? <laughs> but then now this is exactly what's happening with um, Laszlo, Laszlo and, and Ilsa. Because Ilsa's like, you know, uh, oh, first of all, Laszlo's <laughs> like, uh, when you were alone in Paris, like, <laughs> did you get lonely right <laughs> and she's like yes i got lonely he's like don't sweat it like we were both mm-hmm. you know and i was in concentration camp you thought i was dead no big you know yeah and um but then she asks victor almost the same question that that girl asked rick which is um if i do something would you ever understand that you would you ever doubt that i loved you kind of thing and he was like basically like no you know i know you love me you don't have to you know do what you got to do kind of thing mm-hmm. kind of like it's like i think he's sending her over to rick's but not necessarily he's just yeah. saying because because he knew that there was something between them so uh, anyway i thought like i just got that after watching <laughs> the movie a couple of times that there is like that parallel yeah, dynamic kind of dynamic playing yeah. out um, and he, he sneaks out to go to the meeting. She also, after he leaves, sneaks out herself to right. go to Rick's. Um, at Rick's, he and Carl are doing the math on how long they can stay open, or they can stay yeah. unopened. Uh, the finances are fine. There's not like a money problem going on. He's like, okay, staff's going to keep being paid for the two weeks or so we can go, and I'll, you know, I'll talk to Renal. Um, yeah, that's all to show that Rick's a good guy, taking care of his staff, paying mm-hmm. them even though they're closed. And yep. then when the guy says, oh, and I'm going to go to the meeting, meaning the resistance meeting, yep. Rick's like, that. don't tell me where don't you're tell going. Me where you're but he's still obviously supporting him. Yeah, exactly. Um, Rick then heads up to his office, and when he opens the door, Ilsa is waiting for him. Uh, she asks him for the letters and to put aside his feelings for her, uh, for her husband's cause. She appeals to him through their time in Paris, but when that doesn't work, she starts to get uh, frustrated and then sad. Uh, and when that emotional appeal doesn't work, uh, he turns around and she's pulled a gun on him uh, and she tells him to put the papers on the table, um, but he's unfazed and just walks closer to the gun, uh, which she gradually lowers, crying about how she thought she would never see him again. So she couldn't go through with it. She couldn't pull the trigger, um, right. even to get the papers that would get them out of uh, Casablanca. She tells him how much she loved him in Paris. Uh, then we get the big kiss shot that's on all the alternate posters. Um, <laughs> there's like two versions of the poster for Casablanca. It's the one where it's all the headshots. And, and then there's the one where it's just like Ingrid Berman and right. Humphrey Bogart. She then tells him her whole story, how she and Laszlo were married before he was arrested and placed in the concentration camp. Uh, and while he was there, she was falsely informed that he was dead, which is around when she and um, Rich Rick meant met lost ability to speak rick met uh and she had been keeping her marriage to laszlo a secret from everyone including him all of her friends and her family because of the his work they were worried that like she would be targeted if people knew that they were married um 
And she only found out that Laszlo was alive right before they were set to leave Paris. So that's how the whole timeline sort of fits right. together. Of like the day before, you know, she told Rick she she wasn't coming with them. Mm-hmm. She found out that her husband was actually alive. Yep. And you know, and sick or whatever, and needing help. Yeah, uh, he knows the rest. Uh, it's still a story with a story without an ending for now. Um, she's like, I don't have the strength to run away from you again. Uh, and asks Rick to kind of figure out uh, how to get Laszlo out, um, even if she ends up staying behind with him. Um, this right, is- she's kind of like telling herself, oh, La- like Laszlo will have his work to keep him occupied. Mm-hmm. I can stay here with Rick. Um, I don't know how to make all that happen. And it's kind of ambiguous a little bit what they're going to do and mm-hmm. and what the situation is. Yeah, uh, Laszlo and Carl, returning from the meeting, uh, enter Rick's after losing the police in their chase. Uh, the meeting had been broken up by the officials. Um, Rick calls Carl upstairs to turn off a porch light, and then <laughs> Ilsa's waiting up there, and he's like, can you take her home? Right. <laughs> Without Carl her. obviously has the wrong idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, though, a very faithful employee, <laughs> does do it. Yeah. Uh, he takes Lisa, Ilsa home. Um, without alerting Laszlo, Rick goes downstairs to help Laszlo bandage up his arm, and they talk about uh, if all of this fighting that they're doing is worth it. Um, and instead of giving him a straight answer, Laszlo sort of gives a speech about uh, Rick and his destiny, and that also he's like, "Hey, I also know you're in love with my wife." It's <laughs> yeah, no, it was like a like a you could imagine it as like a political speech to the audience at the time. Like yeah. If we don't fight our enemies, the world loses, kind of thing. And then he. He does mention to Rick, like, I know you're in love with my wife. Um, <laughs> it's sort of tacked on at the end. Um, and then he's like, I want you to get, I want you to take her yeah. out of Casablanca. Mm-hmm. It's basically the question is, which two people are going to be mm-hmm. leaving no, Casablanca? No, that's right. Right that's at that point, you're not sure. Probably Ilsa, but then who else with her? Right. And after they've kind of have this talk and finish up, the uh, French officials bust in and arrest Laszlo um, in, for uh, presumably being at the meeting. Uh, in the precinct later on, Rick is arguing with Renault about Laszlo's arrest. It's very flimsy, but Renault's just like, keep your nose out of it. You know, this isn't your fight. Um, and Rick tells him that he's planning on using the letters that they both know he has himself <laughs> to get him and Ilsa out of Casablanca tonight. And he's like, look, I know, you know, technically uh, this is a get out of jail free card, essentially. But, you know, I want to make sure nothing goes wrong. Wouldn't it be better if you had Laszlo for something bigger than your current petty charge? Like, I can arrange that in exchange for not being hassled as I leave Casablanca. Um, he asks Renault to release Laszlo, who will then go to Rick's to pick up the papers and get caught in the process of trying to find, pick up the stolen. Right. Um, it's going to set Laszlo up yeah. so that Renault can arrest him on serious charges, which is like a feather and cap for Renault mm-hmm. and keeps Laszlo out of the way so Rick can get away with Ilza without yeah, any you attention. Know, Laszlo showing up again someday. Yep. Uh, Renault seems good with that plan. So later on at the Blue Parrot, um, Rick and Ferrari are talking and Rick is selling the uh, saloon Rick's to Ferrari and also uh, ensuring that his staff will be still employed there and well taken care of. He negotiates for Sam to have a 25% instead of 10% take home from as funds at the end of the night and everything. So he's, you know, he's, he's making the arrangements to leave Casablanca and he's making sure that his staff is taken care of in the bargain, which is, you know, good for Rick. <laughs> good management. Yeah. But he, like I said, in the beginning, he's kind of, he's leaving saying like, I yeah. feel bad because him I and Sam traveling all over the place 
and Sam Nellie's like, yeah, I'm going to run. And, but actually, when we find out how the movie ends, he thinks he's probably taking care of Sam because he really couldn't take Sam with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Back at Rick's, there's a knock on the door. It's Renault who uh, has arrived early to hide out and get ready to bust Laszlo. Um, this is where Rick shows us that the papers have been hidden in Sam's piano the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's where he tells Renault. Um, Laszlo and Ilsa then shortly arrive. She's very distraught, and she asks Rick, like, hey, did you tell him that I'm staying? Uh, but he tells her to wait until they get to the airport to sort everything out. The less time for goodbyes, the better. Um, so even none of the characters quite know who's leaving yet. Um, as they exchange the letters, Rick to Laszlo, Renault pops out of the shadows uh, to make his big arrest. But when his back is turned, Rick pulls out a gun and takes command of the situation. Um, at gunpoint, he has Renault call the airport to make sure that the way is clear and call off his men. Uh, but Renault instead calls Strasser and delivers the same lines that he would to the airport. Like, hey, this is Renault, clear out the men. Right. Two flyers leaving tonight uh, to alert him of what's going on. I like when Rick says, uh, remember the gun is pointed right at your heart. And Captain Renault says, that is my least vulnerable spot. <laughs> Renault and Rick have some good banter. They do. <laughs> Um, the Germans now make to the airport which isn't going to come up to much for a while uh, and <laughs> most of it will be just shots of Strasser like really trying to go as fast as possible in the car and it's just like a close up of his face and you can tell the car isn't moving at all alright well you, you gotta make some allowances for the uh, special effects of the time it was very it was a funny shot it's <laughs> it was like... sort of inserted in a very like emotional moment <laughs> um at the airport, the Lisbon plane is 10 minutes from takeoff when Laszlo, Ilsa, Rick, and Renault pull up. Uh, Rick tells Renault to go over to the table and fill in the names in his penmanship for Mr. and Mrs. Victor Laszlo. Uh, he's sending Ilsa and Laszlo on the plane, not himself. Um, Laszlo goes off to, I guess, load their luggage on as uh, Ilsa's like, Rick, what are you doing? And Rick gives a speech about why she has to go. Uh, and uh, drops the line, you know, we'll always have Paris. The, the speech not- is like a quote, a string of quotes. <laughs> it's a string of because it has some, some of the best quotes in the whole movie are in that speech. Um, yep. he, he says uh, uh, about her getting on. I, I actually use this, <laughs> like, just drop it on people from time to time. I used to drop on your mom all the time mm. if we would travel separately for work. Um, it's like, uh, if that plane leaves the ground and you're not on it, you're going to regret it. Maybe not today, <laughs> maybe not tomorrow, but soon and for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You can use that line anytime someone's leaving you on an airplane. It's pretty good. And then, yeah. uh, um, well, the end, he says, uh, oh, he says, we'll, uh, we'll always we'll have, have Paris. Paris. That's, that's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they then drop he said, another here's looking at you kid in there. They just do. for good measure. The third or fourth one of the movie. And they say, and he says at the end, uh, it, I don't know exactly the quote, but something like, it's obvious that the problems of three little people don't mean a hill of beans in this mm-hmm. crazy world. You can use that from time to time, yeah. too. If, like, you know, you're you're running late for something or somebody's upset, you can just tell them that problems don't amount to hill of beans in this crazy world. Hill of world. beans is just a good phrase to throw into things in general. That feels very, <laughs> that's a good, like, old time. A hill of beans must have been in. worth a lot more back in the day because, like, you know, to compare, like, your problems aren't a hill of beans, which means the hill of beans must be, like, a big deal, right? But, like, you would think it wouldn't be, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw a hill of beans now. Maybe a hill of beans wasn't a big deal, and that's why your problems were, weren't were even a hill of beans. Like, they weren't even a Oh, you, you know what? You're probably right. 
I'm probably, yeah. Your problems aren't even... We need like an older consultant. <laughs> we have a lot of research to do mm-hmm. after we're done with this little uh, whatever podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but it's it's a it's it's a great speech as far mm-hmm. as quoting classic old movie speech. Lots of oh, yeah. you know, telling right. that two shot mm-hmm. <laughs> like the whole background is just flat gray like fog. It's it's great. Yeah. Um, Laszlo comes back after loading the luggage, I guess. Uh, Rick tells him the events of the last few days, brings him up to speed, and uh, Laszlo kind of welcomes him back to the to the fight, back it, to the resistance. I like that line, welcome back to the fight. I'm sure this time our side will win. Mm-hmm. Before that, when Rick gives him the explanation, I'm not really sure what he's what he's saying. Like, <laughs> he's saying that, you know, uh, your wife said that she loved me and I pretended that to believe her, but she didn't really love me. Like that part, I understand that he's trying to tell Laszlo that she's not in love with me. Mm-hmm. She's really in love with you and trying to tell him that. But I, it's unclear as to like when I said, and I let her, like exactly what he let her do. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, anyway, it was, I, I didn't get it entirely. <laughs> was he's like saying that like, oh, you know, I let her say I always she saw it me. as like, He's kind of covering for Ilsa. Like, yeah, he's definitely covering for Ilsa. But, but even more so, he's giving her something to pair it back. Yeah, that's him. what so Renaud says. About, like, like she specifics. left, but she knew you were lying kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, anyway, it's, it's like as enig- enigmatic as the mm-hmm. Hill of Beans analogy, <laughs> I guess. Yep. Uh, the plane kicks on. Ilsa and Laszlo get on board uh, after they're safely onto the plane. Um Renault's like, you know, I have to arrest you as soon as the plane goes up. Uh, and the Germans arrive just as the plane takes off. Right, just Major Strasser first by mm-hmm. himself. Uh, Strasser goes to phone the radio tower to down the plane, but uh, Rick shoots him before he can. And when the, the rest of the Germans follow moments later, and the French, uh, and they ask Renault, like, what happened? He, he's like, Strasser's been shot. Uh, what do we do? And he's like, round up the usual suspects. Yeah, so he doesn't <laughs> turn Rick in. Mm-hmm. Uh, he then he dropped a bottle of what I thought was champagne in the trash. Like he went to open it, and then... it's Vichy water. Uh, so Vichy is the German-aligned French. Gotcha. So he was like, like in the when it, in the this part of the history, I I did pick up when uh, Rick asked Renault earlier in the show, "Are you Vichy or Free French?" Mm-hmm. It was like, "Are you aligned with the German occupiers or with free, the resistance?" Yeah. And so then he drops the, the, the water because it's got that label on it. Right. That makes more sense. Because I, I didn't pick that up. And so I was like, why is he just dropping a bottle of full champagne into the trash? <laughs> right. Everything, the amount of champagne cocktails they've drinking in this movie leads me to believe that that probably isn't the animal of any character. Um, Renault then suggests that Rick head for Brazzaville, get out of town for a little bit. He can arrange his papers uh, for him. And he also is like, oh, I'm going with you. And so begins a beautiful friendship. Right, he says. Um, they... <laughs> Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Yep. And they walk off into the fog of yes. the runway. Roll credits. That's the end of Casablanca. <laughs> yeah. It's a good movie. You should, yeah. People should watch it. Yeah, I guess that's sort of the closing thoughts section of the podcast. You know, people should watch it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, do I get to do? You said I could plug something <laughs> if I wanted to at the end. Yeah, if you want to. Yeah, if you if you've got all your thoughts out on Casablanca. And I did, and on. and now I would mm-hmm. like to plug my daughter's new freelance career. <laughs> oh, so she's now hundred percent freelance um, creator, <laughs> podcast editor, video editor, oh, sound boy. editor, and. Uh, Anyone out there who likes her work um, should contact her, right? Yeah. And hire you to edit or help create content on podcasts and YouTube channels, right? Yeah, I do. I I, have a, I work freelance in production. <laughs> you got to get yourself out there, huh? <laughs> well, that's what this podcast is for. <laughs> I know. And that's what this plug is for, to let people know that we're just not bonding father-daughter over great movies here mm-hmm. once a year that this is you know a business you're starting out <laughs> oh and i'm here to say that you're probably probably the finest video and sound editor in the country at this time and it would be a steal to have you work on any project <laughs> so people if they're looking to get in to know a future famous video editor there's a there's a lot of video editors who are known for their first name basis out there. Well, it's a real uh, name name worthy flash forward to 2030 and you're going to be a common name in this country and people can get to know you and say i knew her when if they only would hire you now well thank you dad for the plug on my behalf uh as per usual my reel and show notes are all linked in it are all in the show notes below there you go um, but Dad, thanks for coming on the podcast again. This has been fun. Yeah. Got to watch a classic movie, which was nice. Uh, it was a great time. I'm yeah. glad you're here. <laughs> awesome. And with that, I guess here's looking at you, kid. I still don't know what that's supposed to be. I was going to do that. Is it a send off? <laughs> I was going to. It's like, remember how like when we were little and we used to say like, who loves you? And, but it was just like a little endearment thing. It doesn't mean like. Mm-hmm. It's not a question, question, right? <laughs> like, here's looking at you is just like a little, like, you right. go, girl. Well, kind here's of thing. looking at you, podcast audience. Let's <laughs> see the show. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Movie Struck. And for bearing with my dad and I's questionable audio quality, uh, shout out to my very reverby uh, childhood kitchen. <laughs> We'll be back on July 11th with another thrilling installment. But if you enjoyed the show, please rate us and leave a review on your preferred podcast platform. And if you really enjoyed the show, consider becoming a patron. Links to all that and as my dad so kindly put me on blast for, my personal info is in the show notes below. Uh, And I would like to give a special thank you to all of the patrons who joined us last month. It's because of your support that we're able to keep doing such a fun program. And uh, I get to hang out with my dad, who I love very dearly. So thank you to the patrons who joined us in May. Ollie Taylor, AJ, Silver Arrow, Stephen Bosch, Andrew Rappel, Insomnite, Perpetual Pizza Perloiner, Dark Graham, Rapturous 77, Link Brenton, Nathan Dunlap, Brian, Ronan Drake, Daddy Swan, JWX, Sam Vickland, Sver E, Rhiannon, Aldebaran Wrights, Anthony, Dylan McCormick, Stimera Chronics, and Jay Shays 512. Thank you to all of you guys for helping to support the show, and uh, we'll be back with the next episode.